Welcome back, everybody, to Menace Podman, your NBA and fantasy basketball podcast. Um, and also, welcome back, Steve. I missed you last week for the intro. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> We're back, baby. Uh, I missed so, yeah. you, too. Yeah, I'm sure I sounded a little weird being a little lonely over here. But yeah, it's nice to have another person to talk to while you're doing the podcast, for sure. You did fantastic, though. Thank you. I appreciate it. You did a great it. job. Everything sounded great. Good. Hopefully you had a, a good vacation, get some good family time. Had a great vacation. It was awesome. Um, I was telling you a little bit about it off air, but yeah, we had a, an absolute blast. Stayed at the Great Wolf Lodge. I highly recommend it to anybody that has like school-aged kids. It's awesome, but it's fun for adults too. Their water parks are amazing. Slides, wave pools. It's a blast. Good deal. Glad it was good. And glad you're back in the saddle. Um, t- today is, as we're recording this, it's August 24th, which is a significant date because it's exactly two months until the start of the NBA season. Um, Hell <laughs> yeah. As the TNT doubleheader Nuggets, Lakers, Suns, Warriors on October 24th. So when you are listening to this, just know less than two months to the start of the regular NBA season. So pumped, man. And another thing too, speaking of welcome back, um, when I was out last week, I didn't get a chance to mention that Yahoo Fantasy Basketball is now up and running. I've been able to go on there. I got my leagues all set up already. I've got my pre-rankings done. I've been doing a million mock drafts, and we talked about it before. I love doing mock drafts on Yahoo because you can bring your rankings in there. It just makes it so much easier. I don't even set a queue when I'm doing mock drafts for for Yahoo because I have my list. It's just it's my list is right there. As guys get taken, they just get taken off the list so you're everybody's already in order you can just go right through it's so easy it's so much fun way more participation too like you can go on and find mock drafts where you know it's already like almost full you know it's just it's great it's been awesome i agree yep i've hopped in a few and actually setting um the table here going a little bit forward before we jump into today's episode Mm -hmm. or this week um, next week we're planning on putting out kind of just a general fantasy basketball podcast, just like a fantasy one one We'll give you ideas on, you know, everything, settings, all different preferences. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you want to give more specifics of what you want to discuss next week, but yeah, just, um, like you said, you know, we'll talk about different league types, different kind of like ways to play. We'll get into the whole conversation and we've kind of talked about it before, you know, with fantasy, especially with fantasy basketball there's just so many different ways to play that like you have to figure out what exactly you want to get out of it, exactly which style you want to go with. And then if it's involving friends and stuff, you have to make sure that they're all on the same page, that it's got to work for everybody, but we'll get more into that. We'll dive into it again next week um, in much greater detail, but yeah, it's going to be a great conversation. We've kind of talked about it before, but we'll really dive in next week and do a whole um, episode or a whole segment on it. It's going to be fun. Cool, cool. So yeah, so yeah, Labor Day weekend or Labor Day week, that'll be the Fantasy 101 type episode. And then the following week, we plan on doing uh, a live mock draft we'll put out and hopefully we can get some, hopefully some of our listeners or some of our buddies on here and uh, we'll get a few, you know, a few people together and enter a mock draft and uh, see how that goes. And that should be perfect timing too, because obviously we understand the whole world does fantasy football as well. So this kind of this weekend coming yeah. up and next week will be very fantasy focused for football. And then the week after you, you can start focusing on basketball again. 
And we're excited for football too. I mean, it's, it's a great time. It's one of my favorite times of the year, but I'm just so, so excited for basketball and, and it's just this, it's going to be great. Alrighty. So let's get started with this week's topics. Name on your paper. First thing. So I don't think it was last episode. I mentioned the, the Maui wildfires, but I think it was probably two weeks ago. I think I talked about it real quick. Um, but there's been some cool developments. Obviously, everybody pitching in, helping um, communities out there and and from all over the world, too. But they got the hashtag Maui Strong out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, just specifically, you know, L.A. sports teams, they all teamed up all the way from MLS, you know, hockey, football, basketball, baseball. Everybody teamed up. They donated over $450,000 uh, to the American Red Cross to support uh, those efforts over there in Maui. Um, also, um, you had mentioned to me through a, a text off air too, and I saw the the news report, but the Clippers and Jazz, um, have an October 8th preseason game and all proceeds from that game are going to, uh, towards the efforts there as well. So that game cool. is in Hawaii too. It's in That's, Honolulu. Yeah. It's fantastic. So it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. Pretty cool stuff. So I'm glad, uh, I love to see, uh, you know, people stepping up, supporting each other, showing the love and, um, yeah, it's awesome. But also another basketball related thing with Maui, I wanted to mention the uh this I saw the the news report first from KITV for Island News ABC, but it's it's, it's been broken from a, a bunch of news outlets obviously. Um it's the ABC affiliate there. I think I mentioned that, but the Hall of Famer Don Nelson, uh you know, Nelly. Former, yeah, former player and coach. Um he's actually lived in Maui for about a decade now, so it's been a while. Don Nelson Sr. Yes, yes. Thank you for correcting me there. And uh, he was also born in Muskegon, Michigan. So that's awesome for our local audience. But uh, his daughter owns a place called Sugar Beach Events, um, obviously in Maui there. And it's it's normally like a venue for weddings and events and stuff like that. It's got the cool scenic on the water uh, views and things like that. Um, but in this instance, um, they've actually turned it into a food hub and donation center to, su- you know, support again, all the efforts there. So pretty cool stuff. Um, as classy yeah. as it gets super classy. And he, he talked about how he was helping as well. And, uh, just how his whole efforts over there are, are going really well to, to support everybody. So cool stuff. He's the man. I, I wish he was still coaching. I miss him. I do too. I, I kind of, I don't want to say I forgot about him a little bit, but I, he wasn't in the forefront of my mind. I can tell you that much. Um, He's a pioneer, man. He's the first one to do like the small ball centers and all that stuff. Just, you know, positionless. He was kind of the, the, the godfather of that really, you know, just awesome. And he's just a a fun guy. Like just, he's got a great personality. I know all of his players talk about how cool he is and, yeah, it just outspoken. He was a great guy. You know, he is a great guy, but he was a great coach. Um, and I loved when he came back with the Warriors. I remember when they, you know, came back and beat the Mavericks and all that stuff. It was just, it was a good time. Yeah, I, I love that time too because I remember him with those, uh, the Mavs jerseys, the, the green and blue jerseys. Oh, I love those jerseys. With yeah, the, those too. Yeah. The funny looking basketball the with the, the cowboy hat and the, the smile. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> coaching those. coaching a young dirk yeah yeah that was a good time too cool but uh yeah so moving on from there um awesome that things are going well there and hopefully they get back on their feet in maui but uh i was i was watching something also or listening to another podcast 
actually speaking of podcasts, let me first say I we've actually become followed by the sports uh, podcast group and they have like annual awards for podcasts and things. So I'm going to throw us in the ring. Just stay tuned. Who knows? Maybe we need some like votes or spread the word, but uh, uh, we would love that if we feel free to vote for us. Exactly. So we'll see, we'll see how that works out, but uh, I will keep everybody posted on that and we appreciate it. Love it. But again, speaking of other podcasts, um, Clay Thompson was on podcast P kind of recently and it was just, I, I don't have a lot to say about it, but it's, a lot of the podcast piece stuff is way too long and it's a little more than I actually want to listen to. They, I don't know, gets, gets really personal in some ways and just, I don't know, it, it goes above my head. Um, but the Clay Thompson conversation was really cool. They kind of, you know, talked about uh, the injuries they both face, you know, some big serious injuries and things like that. Um, and there's this one point where, uh, you know, Clay was talking about having five rings and all this stuff and, uh, you know, podcast P Paul George, mentions he's like yeah i wish i you know had a ring or something like that and clay comes out and he basically says well i've never had to carry a team and it was this interesting kind of dynamic of them just yeah. talking to each other so it was it was kind of cool um yeah no that's a great point i mean you know that's that's a superstar league you know it, it's you have to have that kind of talent you can't just be you know it can't just be a one-man show you know you've got to have the talent but also you know you have to have balance across the team you know we've seen like the Miami Heat and how Jimmy Butler's kind of carried that team you know but but he still has Bam you know he's had guys like Lowry you know he's had you know solid veteran players that know their role and you know that it it takes that continuity but yeah it's definitely you got to have that talent you got to have you know you got to have that skill especially at the top for sure they all they, they both also kind of bonded around the LeBron still being around and being so relevant and stuff and him knocking them out of playoffs and things like that. And they're like, oh, oh, yeah. I can't believe this guy is still, awesome. you know, still doing it. So yep. gave some respect to the King there. Um, but yeah, speaking of superstars, also our local boy, Kate Cunningham, he's getting a lot of love in the, uh, the off season here yeah. in his, uh, what, with the select team or whatnot or whatever yep. he's doing. Um, but yeah, I saw something on, on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it now. Um, 53.8% of ESPN experts. Again, I put experts in quotes because I don't know how many of <laughs> these people are really experts, but um, have him slated as the most improved player this year. So a lot of, lot of hype around. Yeah, here. we'll we'll get more into the Pistons, believe it or not, even more than we already have. But um, yeah, he's got to stay healthy. You know, we talked about it. It's going to start, you know, with his health and his availability to, you know, be on the court, stay on the court. But uh, yeah, it's an exciting time. He he's looked great during the summer, and you know we talked all about how this team is young. They're they're up and coming. They're developing. We've got a new coach, great coach. Can't wait to see it all come together. But we'll 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 dive more into that here in the coming weeks. All right, and so before we get into uh, our last and final group, East Group C of our individual team breakdowns, I just have a quick uh, WNBA update. Here's the dub date. So WNBA, a lot of stuff. Obviously, playoffs are happening right now. If you're playing fantasy um, women's basketball, it's been it's been, it's been interesting the last couple of weeks as it's usually a two week uh, first round or semifinal here. Uh, I've been streaming like a mofo. Yeah, you were mentioned that you mentioned even you were uh, doing some effective long streaming as well. Yep. 
that's what you got to do. You got to look at the schedule. If you only have a handful of moves that you're allowed to make, you know, you have to be strategic about it. So I'm really big on looking at the schedule and just seeing, you know, who plays the next, you know, few nights, you know, try to get the most bang for your buck when you're clicking that ad button. That's exactly right. So, and speaking of streaming people, there's obviously you have uh, Satu Sabali on your team. She uh, rolled her ankle the other day and actually there was a, there's a lot of news on that because uh, yeah, those Minnesota fans. Yeah. Uh, she kind of called them out um, for not being that nice. And, you know, people came out and spoke and said, you know, those, those fans that they kicked out of the game don't really represent their whole fan base and things like that. So people came to the support, but um, yeah, she tweeted, Satu tweeted that the, uh, the Schadenfreude, <laughs> to see someone get hurt can't be uh, a WNBA culture. Terrible world, words from the sidelines um, and blah, blah, blah went on. But basically that's the German term there for pleasure derived from somebody's misfortune. Um, yeah, so you can't see that. So hopefully, I, I mean, that happens all over the place though, but I'm glad somebody kind of called it out on the, the national stage. It's kind of nice to finally hear that. Shout out to our boy Schmite. I'm sure he has a few things to say about Minnesota fans. <laughs> I'm sure he does. I'm sure. Speaking of German. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Schmite and the Scheidenfreude. Um, anyways, that might be the title of the pod. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, also, okay, so what was I saying? So, yes, you... I don't know what, what's going to happen with her this week, but obviously, you know, keep tabs on her. You might have to fill a position for her. Um, another person, Elena Deladon, she had been out forever. I have her on one of my teams. Um, yeah. She came back for like one game and then she's out again with some hip injury. Yeah. It's it's teetering on the point right now of just dropping her. Just get her out of your freaking team if you don't have a spot for her. Because yeah. I think our league, we only have one uh, IL spot. Um, so if you're using that for somebody else that, you know, might come back maybe maybe you just move on from her right now and just put people in to get you points and shakira austin too i mean she's just the minutes have been so low she missed an entire game i cut her too Um, she did come back the other night had a really good game but you know still minutes in the teens i i can't deal with that i got i need more (laughs) more consistency exactly and it's it's you know do or tie time yeah it's playoff time yep winner go home Yep. And then another person on the same kind of idea, Diana Taurasi, um, she's had a toe injury. She might be kind of in the same spot. You got to look at her. I don't, I don't remember the exact status on her today, this morning. I did not check, but um, again, you might have to pick somebody else up or even, you know, drop her if it doesn't look like she's coming back. So um, good luck. Yeah. And then the last thing I wanted to mention was um, <laughs> the Liberty beat out the aces for the commissioner's cup the other day. Um, I, I see this going how the NBA in-season tournament's going to go. We don't really care. I mean, it's just another game, but, you know, let's go on to the playoffs. Um, so right now, yeah, obviously, they Liberty win the Commissioner Cup, but who cares? We want to know who's going to win the WNBA championship. Well, the only thing I'll say is I think the Liberty cares because that they can bring that momentum into the rest of the season, the playoffs, and, you know, it gives them a little bit of an edge. So. <laughs> That is very true. Um, they actually got, yeah, and to kind of get a late season preview of what that matchup would be like is probably a little bit of an advantage for them. Um, and you talked about momentum. The ESPN power rankings just came out, and the Liberty were ranked actually number one over Las Vegas. I know we don't hold too much, uh, you know, a grain of salt with these ESPN power rankings, but that's still 
rather impressive that they surpassed uh, Las Vegas in that. So, And you talked last week about MVP, and I completely agree with you. I think it's Stewart's award to lose. You know, we saw Wilson came out the other night, had a monster game. But, I was um, gonna say she had the yeah the second fifty point game against uh, in the WNBA season. She had fifty three and seven with four blocks and seventy percent shooting. Monster game. So yeah, no, it was a great game. But I agree with everything you said last week. I think yeah. Stewart's done such a great job, and they did win that cup. So that just further you know helps her case. And that's correct. Yeah, yeah, she's got my vote. If I had a vote, <laughs> I know uh, she would have. Maybe it. we'll get one one day. Yeah, maybe. But <laughs> yeah, um, she, yeah, she'd have mine too. Um, for sure. And just the, like you said, I mentioned last week, just the, the, the team that she has around her and what she's working with and what she's changed from last year is just amazing to, you know, kind of prove that cement yep. that MVP status this year. But yep. And you called it from the beginning. You said, um, you know, she was going to come in there and she was going to be herself and like the rest of those players would have to kind of adjust to her. Yep. And I think that's exactly what's happened. And I think it's worked. So, yeah. The one thing I did get wrong, though, is I said Sabrina Yoneski would drop as far as fantasy. I thought she'd go down a little bit. And, yeah. and she has slightly. Technically, <laughs> but not but, that much. But yeah, within the last couple of weeks, she's been on a tear and just the amazing Sabrina. But, uh, but yeah. So that's all I have as far as, um, WNBA. So after this break, we will, uh, break down East Group seat. I have some news and notes. Oh, oh I forgot your. Damn it. Bang, that's okay. <laughs> bang those uh, out real quick. Man, yes, please. Okay, so um, I'll go quick. <laughs> we're gonna start with the Dallas. Oh, Mavericks. you're fine. Take your time. All right. Well, <laughs> we're gonna start with the uh, we're gonna start with the Mavs. They are re-signing Markeith Morris to. It's gonna be a non-guaranteed contract, but. I have a feeling he'll make the team pretty easily. I mean, they need some vets. They need a guy that can kind of spread the floor and stuff. And uh, they're going to waive JaVale McGee, and that's a great move. McGee was useless for them. You know, I think the intention was to have a, you know, a center that can get in there and be a lob threat for Luka, but he just – he's past his prime. And, you know, Morris is a much better fit. He can space the floor. He can give them more versatility. And he's still that, like, veteran presence. So – um, I think that's definitely a great move for them. I think it makes sense. And like I said, I do think Morris will wind up making the roster, but we'll have to see. Um, Mie Oni is back in the NBA. He's kind of bounced around a little bit, but um, he signed a one-year deal with the Orlando Magic. Um, Javante Smart signed a one-year deal with the 76ers. And then um, there were a few guys that got waived. Um the Oklahoma City Thunder waived both Usman Garuba and your boy Ty Ty Washington Jr. So those guys are both free agents. We'll have to see if they get picked up anywhere. Um, I kind of feel like they will. I mean, we've talked about Ty Ty. He's definitely got some uh, promise. You know, I think somebody can give him a look. And Garuba is a former um, first rounder. So, I mean, he's still got some upside as well. I think somebody will pick these guys up for training camp, but we'll have to wait and see. And um, Veet Krejci was waived by the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, we haven't talked too much about guys that are just signing training camp deals or getting invites or whatever, but there were two guys that I wanted to spotlight real quick. Uh, Mac McClung, he was the uh, slam dunk contest last year. We talked all about him. Um, awesome dude. Great performance. Absolutely. Um, he's going to be in training camp with the Orlando Magic, and I think that's going to be awesome. Hopefully he can make the team. 
and uh, keep the momentum going. I know they're going to try to get him back in the dunk contest. I, I don't think there's any trying about it. I think he'll be there no matter what. Um, but I think he'll be on someone's NBA roster. He might split time. You know, he, you know, he might see more time with the G League like he did last year. But either way, they'll keep him in the mix so that they could bring him back for All-Star Weekend. They have to. Um, yeah, I'll be looking for that on the uh, the uh, G League schedule. <laughs> and then <laughs> go, I want to see him. Yeah, and then of course I I have to mention our boy Justin Champagny. We talked about him. He was Champagne. cut. <laughs> he was cut by the uh, Boston Celtics, but he will be in training camp with the Miami Heat. We were saying how it would have been cool if he went to the Spurs with his brother. Uh, but he's going to be in camp with the Heat, so we'll have to see if he makes the final roster and if he's going to stick around. Um, if not, like we said, he's he's got to go somewhere. He's our boy now. <laughs> yeah, he's got to play somewhere. Yeah, and that's all I got. That's all I got, my brother. <laughs> all right, sorry for for missing you there. I do I do one week intro without you, and it goes to my head, and I take over. <laughs> I guess, but um, no worries. We got a lot to bring to the table today. Yes, yes, we do. So anyways, thanks for those news and updates. And after this break, <laughs> East Group C coming your way. Hey, this is Steve from Menace Podman. Scott and I have been having a blast creating our podcast. I can't tell you how much we look forward to recording days and providing amazing NBA content to our listeners every week. It's hard work, but with the right software, it's a lot easier. We use PodCastle to seamlessly edit and create production quality sounding podcasts. PodCastle is now equipped to record audio and video and distribute to all the places podcasts are found. You can find a link directly in the show notes to PodCastle. So if you're a podcaster or future podcaster, go check out PodCastle. All right, so let's hop into the final uh, group, East Group C, of our individual breakdowns. This will be the the, the end of it, the last one here <laughs> of the summer. And we'll start with the uh, the Boston Celtics finished second in the East, uh, obviously lost to Miami in seven games. That was an awesome series with a, a fun ending there um, in that game six, too. But, uh, but yeah, Boston, let's do it. Yeah, let's start with our boy, JT. Jason Tatum. <laughs> He, um, he's the man. He's definitely a guy. We were just talking off air about possibilities for who to take after Jokic at number one in fantasy. And, um, I've heard a lot of people mentioning Tatum. I mean, he's just, he's such an awesome player. He's pretty durable. Um, and he's still got room to grow. He's one of those guys that like always has the potential to finish number one because he just does so much across the board. Um, in terms of last season per game, he finished, uh, number 11 overall. Um, I don't remember what he was in totals. I might have to refresh my screen here real quick to look that up, but I do want to pull it up real quick. Um, just because I know, like I said, he's always real durable. He played in 74 games last season and he did finish fourth overall in terms of totals. I know we talked about that, um, a couple episodes back, but, um, yeah, you know, he's just, he's a stud. Um, we'll get to Porzingis here, how they brought him in, but um, I don't think he's going to have too much impact on Tatum. You know, I kind of, we've been talking the past couple of weeks about Jimmy Butler and how if Dame comes in, how we don't think Butler is going to really be 
impacted too much. I'm going to say the same thing about Tatum. I think this is his team. I think anybody that comes in is going to have to just kind of work around him. So um, I love Tatum this year. I personally, I have him in my fifth spot on my draft board and my pre-rankings. Um, but anybody that takes him anywhere in the top five, you know, I don't think it's a bad pick. I think he's a good guy to kind of start your team with. And, um, you know, he's got a lot of versatility. He can play either forward position, um, you know, just does a lot across the board. He averaged over 30 points a game last year. He played 37 minutes. Um, that's awesome. Just all kinds of production across the board. Um, four and a half, over four and a half assists, uh, over a steal a game, almost nine boards. Yeah. He was a amazing. Rebound. Just an absolute stud. Does everything. He does everything. Um, takes a ton of free throws, eight and a half. He was 85% from there. Um, over 46% from the field. I mean, he just doesn't really have any holes in his game, really. I mean, uh, a lot of turnovers, you know, three a game, but I mean, we've talked about turnovers. You know, the best players are going to get turnovers because they're going to have the ball in their hands. You know, Mm -hmm. it's all about usage. So, um, yeah, he's a stud. Absolutely love him. And um, our other boy, Jalen Brown, we've talked all about him. We talked all about his contract and, you know, how well-deserving it was. You know, I was talking after the season about how I thought the Celtics needed to make a change, you know, and possibly even break those two up because in the playoffs, they they absolutely fell apart. Um, just too much inconsistency there. But I don't think either of those two were to blame. And now that they've brought in Porzingis, I think that might wind up being the change that they needed. Uh, just to get that extra offensive spark. You know, they lost Marcus Smart, who was a big part of their team. We talked all about it. Um, but he was more on the defensive end. You know, it, he 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 didn't have the kind of offensive firepower that a guy like Porzingis can bring to the table. You know, Porzingis is, you know, he's the unicorn. He can do everything. He can, you know, he's, he's super tall. Um, <laughs> so he can block shots. He can, you know, get boards and do all that stuff inside. Um, but he's a unicorn. He can step outside. He can handle the ball. He can shoot. He can do everything, you know, with him, it's all about staying healthy. And, and like we've said, I was say, he can be injured and not play half the season. He, he already is injured. <laughs> we talked about how he's, you know, got the, the issue with his feet right now. And, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Hopefully he can come into training camp and hopefully by regular season, he can be healthy and ready to go. And if he is, it's going to be interesting to see who they pair with them. Uh, we've talked about it before in terms of the starting lineup. Um, I think most sites and most analysts and stuff all kind of think that Al Horford's going to stay in the starting five. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I think with him aging and stuff, it would be nicer to see him transit transition into more of a reserve role, you know, coming off the bench, but Robert Williams has had all kinds of injury issues in the past, you know, and so in terms of fantasy, it's going to be kind of hard to project these guys. You know, obviously Porzingis, he's got so much per game upside. And um, I'll try to find him real quick last year. I know um, in terms of totals, even Porzingis was uh, number 12, which is amazing for him. You know, usually he's had so many injuries and stuff. And he only played 65 games last year, too. It's not a ton, but obviously it's way better than what he's had in the past. 
Um, but he finished 14th per game last season. So just an absolute stud. You know those numbers are going to probably come down a little bit on a much more crowded Boston team. But, you know, he still has that kind of game, that kind of talent, and that kind of upside. So he's still a guy that I like targeting, um, you know, relatively early. I'm thinking maybe like third round-ish. And, you know, we've talked all about the importance of getting centers and getting big guys and having those guys that can block shots and, you know, do all kinds of stuff. And speaking of block shots, you know, Robert Williams, he's just, you know, we, again, we don't know if he's going to be starting coming off the bench, but what we do know is they're going to be working on his minutes and, and just keeping an eye on everything there. You're blocking the crosswalk. <laughs> he's definitely his 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 shot blocking is what makes his game. You know, that's definitely like his strength and and what really spikes his numbers in terms of fantasy rankings. So that's his value. His value comes from shot blocking and from, you know, percentages. He's he's one of those rim runner type guys. Um I think he'd be a good fit with Porzingis. So even if they don't start together, I do think that they're going to play a lot together. Um but they're going to be managing all these guys' minutes. So it just makes it hard for like you know, where do you draft Williams? Where do you draft Horford? Horford was really good last year. We talked all about him, you know, in the playoffs, we talked about how much he sucked in terms of shooting, Mm -hmm. but he does everything else. I mean, he just does everything. He gets assists, he gets rebounds, he scores, um, and he's pretty consistent. So, um, you know, he's a good player still, even at his age, he's still, you know, a guy that should definitely be getting drafted but you just don't want to reach too much. And again, we, we need to kind of see how the Celtics are going to use these guys, you know, on a day-to-day basis. And it might, it might depend on the matchups. You know, we've seen a lot of teams, we've talked a lot about how certain teams have been taking like a matchup based approach to it, you know, and just seeing, you know, what does the other team look like? You know, who fits better against those guys? So yeah, I could see it. I could see it being a lot more even situational within the game. Um, you know, depending how the game is going, they need more defense, more offense, blah, 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 you know, what they're looking for. So I can yeah. see that happening too. I don't know how, where, where they are on your rankings and things like that, but I've never, I've talked about it many times. I never trust Porzingis and probably a lot of people don't. Um, obviously there's that big upside, like, like there was last year and whatnot, but I don't know if it falls properly or how that would work, but maybe you do back up Porzingis with a Robert Williams or thing kind of almost yeah. handcuff in a way. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've got personally, I have Porzingis kind of like ranked around the third round, but I know he tends to slip more into like the fourth because a lot of teams are taking the, you know, super hype guys, you know, the Victor Wembenyamas, the Chet Holmgrens, the Walker Kesslers, you know, the Evan Mobley guys like that are going ahead of him. And obviously for all the reasons that we talked about, you know, the injury risk and all that stuff. Um, but like I said, Porzingis is too good to let him slide beyond fourth round. So I think if you've, you know, if you've only got like one center or something like that, and you're in the fourth round, you could do a lot worse than taking Porzingis as like your second big man, you know? Sure. sure. Um, and then as far as Horford and Williams go, um, you know, like I said, the per game upsides there, but I think because of how they're going to be utilized and stuff, I think, you know, they're going to kind of take a backseat at times. So they'll slide in drafts too. Um, I have them both ranked in like the seventies, but they'll both slide past that. Um, 
So I think that's where it comes down to build. You know, like if you like you said, if you've got Porzingis, maybe take one of those guys, you know, mid to late rounds to kind of handcuff. And if uh, otherwise, just you know, hey, if you're low on depth in terms of big men, those are guys that you can potentially target later in the draft, and you know, maybe get a steal there, especially if something happens to Porzingis and he goes down. And now all of a sudden, you know, Williams or Horford has to start every single night and play 30 minutes a night. You know, you're going to get production there as long as those guys stay healthy and stay out of foul trouble and stuff like that. Um, and then the last guy I want to mention real quick on on the Celtics is Derek White. He's yep. the kind of the last man standing at point guard. Um, you know, they still have Malcolm Brogdon. They still have Peyton Pritchard, who we said, you know, he's anticipating a bigger role, but um, they've already announced Derek White's going to be the starting point guard. And, you know, we've talked all about him. White is you know, a personal favorite of mine, both of ours. You know, he's Correct. always been a really good player across the board. He can play multiple positions. Um, I think he's he always got his haircut, more... too. Yeah, he did. He looks yeah. good. Um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> looks good with the haircut. Um, he's going to be the starting point guard. But, you know, like Tatum's going to handle the ball a lot. Brown's going to handle the ball. So he'll be playing off ball a lot, too. Um, but that suits him fine. He's great in that role. He's always been, you know, his shooting has been kind of on and off, but like in terms of his overall scoring ability, that's been pretty consistent. He's always been kind of a 13, 14 points a game kind of guy. You know, he gets threes though. When he gets hot, it's awesome. But what he does, his value comes from like what he does across the rest of the board. He gets rebounds. He's a really good shot blocker for a guard. He Mm -hmm. gets a lot of steals. He's just a great defensive player. So I think that's one a main reason why they were okay with trading Marcus Smart. You know, Marcus Smart was a big part of their team. Um, you know, he's a big part of their locker room and stuff too. He was one of their leaders. But I think they said, hey, look, you know, we've got a player in Derek White who we think can handle a lot of that load, you know, in terms of like leadership, ball handling, playmaking, and just being out there, you know, and defensively kind of setting the tone. They do still have Malcolm Brogdon as well. I still like Brogdon as a late round pick. Um, he's always been a guy that, you know, speaking of health issues, you know, durability, that's always been a problem for him. But I think he's a fine player to take late in drafts. Um, we've talked about this and, we, and we'll continue to talk about it here in the coming weeks. Point guards are just, you, you've got to get them early and often. They're just, they're, they disappear. If you do a mock draft, you'll just see the point guards all just disappear. So <laughs> vanish. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you you've got to just keep taking them, even if it's like a backup or somebody like late, like your last pick. Just take a point guard because you never know if something happens. You got to have depth there. Um, and then if something happens to either White or Brogdon, uh, Pritchard's a guy that I think you can kind of just keep an eye on. I don't think if those two guys are healthy, I don't think Pritchard's going to get enough playing time to uh, matter for fantasy. But obviously, if something happens to those guys, then he'll step into a bigger role, more consistent, um, and then he'd probably be a potential pickup at that point. But for now, just a guy to kind of keep an eye on. If you do um, draft either White or Brogdon, you could maybe put Pritchard on your watch list and just kind of keep an eye on him the first couple weeks of the season. Um and that's pretty yeah. much all I got for them. No, I completely agreed. Everything you broke down and you broke that down perfectly. Um, like you said, take, take those point guards. We, we keep talking about it and we've seen it happen in all the box. You got to take them when you can. Um, like I said, personally, 
Porzingis, I stay away from. I don't know. I just, I just don't like him. <laughs> I don't want him in my lineup. But um, Tatum and Brown should be great. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's much really else to say. I think you, you covered that all perfectly. Yeah, it all comes down to health. We just got to see. And, and again, just incorporating Porzingis. You know, he's got to get healthy, and then like those guys just have to play together and develop that chemistry. And then we need to see how they utilize the other bigs and and just kind of go from there. Yeah, I was. I guess the only other tag on comment you said you know they were able to trade marcus smart probably because of Derek white's performance and i completely agree with that and i'd have to look at the game logs and go back last year but from serving from memory i recall Derek white being a lot more consistent game over game than marcus smart was as far as just uh you know production and things like that he would yeah not points, but everything else, other categories and things like that yeah. rebounds assists, steals things like that so especially in the playoffs yeah for sure for sure so yeah. yeah, no, we love Derek White. He's one of those guys. He's like he's on that board with me with Tyrese Maxey and guys like that that I just I just love. Yeah, fact, that's actually could... a great that's a great comp because I have those yeah. two ranked together. There and uh, yeah, those are two guys that I like to target mid rounds, and they're both kind of hype guys. They're both going kind of earlier and earlier in mocks. So um, yeah. Love yeah, both those, those guys. Those are, those are my favorite guys. If I could make a team, it would be all these hype guys. <laughs> It'd be fantastic. But yeah, and if you don't mind, I would like to segue right into the Brooklyn Nets because another guy. Speaking of hype, I am super duper high on Mikel Bridges. I love Bridges. He's because <laughs> that's gonna work. That's gonna work for the Brooklyn stuff. That's not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> EK. <laughs> I love it. Um so, yeah. yeah, Mikel Bridges. I just we talked about him before. I I just love his fit with this team now. He's kind of the alpha. He's kind of the man. You know, he was always a really good player on Phoenix, but he was a role player. You know, on this team, he's gonna be, you know, presumably the the number one guy. He was the number one guy last season when he when he came over. Um, you know, I, I actually we talked about how I don't think he's too much further away from like Jason Tatum in terms of like, you know, the ability to put up numbers across the board and with the volume that he's going to have the usage that he's going to have on this team. Um, so I love him. I think he's awesome. Um, you know, I, I was saying before I would consider him first round, you know, I don't think I've seen any mock drafts where he's really gone in the first round. I think he's still pretty much going like second, third, um, to me, in my opinion, I think he should not be going past second round drafts. So, um, yeah, we, you know, we talked about the importance of getting point guards. Um, you know, I, I still think as much as I would love to take bridges, if I've got like a late first round pick, I still think you've got to go point guard there just because of, you know, the, the lack of those guys mm -hmm. as you go through the draft. But, um, you know, I love taking Mikel Bridges in the second round. And, you know, he's he's definitely, like I said, he's got so much upside. And the other thing with him is the durability. This guy just does not miss games. And that's huge. That's that's a skill, you know, right there by itself. So, um, you know, love him, love his upside. Uh, he's good to go this year. Uh, they brought back Cam Johnson. Yeah, that's my boy. I love Cam Johnson. Yeah, and and I love how these guys are playing together with Team USA. They both look really good. They're both building on you know the chemistry that they've already had from their days with Phoenix, and and now obviously you know with the Nets. So 
Um, those two fit well together. I think Cam Johnson is like a perfect mid-round guy to target for like if you need a forward. Um, he can play at either forward position. And, um, you know, his versatility, his position eligibility, that's all um, super valuable in fantasy. Uh, we talked about Nick Claxton in the season that he had. Speaking He's, of shop locking. Yeah. Speaking of uh, sneaky, like that man is super sneaky, I feel like, as far as like the stats. He You're up. blocking the crosswalk. <laughs> we'll use that like eight times today. but Yeah, we will. We'll use it a I, lot every, this season. Every time I hear the name Nick Claxton, I go, eh, he's all right. And then I look him up as far as stats are concerned. I'm like, holy crap. He's he's amazing. Yeah, and he had a fantastic season last year. We talked all about it. He finished in the top 25. He was ranked 24th across nine categories per game. Um, but again, like a lot of that value comes from the shot blocking. Um, and he's not a good free throw shooter. So he's a guy that like, if you're doing a free throw punt, yeah, Giannis I think he's a, like a yeah, like if you if you want to start your draft with like either Luca or Giannis in the first round, go ahead and grab Claxton like second third round, yeah, and like that's a perfect start to that Makes kind ton of, build. of sense. Okay, yeah, yeah. especially if you got a late round pick, you know, you're you know mid to late and good Giannis there because yeah, you're overreaching for him, yeah. Oh man. Man. Yeah. And and the Nets have the same coaching staff, uh, similar roster to what they had at the end of last season. So I don't really see his role changing. I don't really see a lot of depth behind him. So I think as long as he's healthy, um, I don't see any reason why he can't finish at or near where he was last year. So I love him. I think he's a you know perfect guy to kind of target. Um, we'll get more into when we get into like the mock drafts and stuff, we'll talk about our pre-rankings and stuff like that. I have Claxton mixed in with like a lot of other centers who were really good last year and, you know, similar skill set, similar rankings and all that stuff. I just kind of, you know, put all those guys together. So he's one of those guys that I just kind of say, okay, if I can get one of these guys on my team, that's kind of a good anchor for how I'm building my roster. So um, all three of those guys really just, you know, they're awesome. Um, I think Spencer Dinwiddie is going to stay, as the starting point guard on this team. Um, the way I basically see their starting lineup being the same way that it was at the end of the season. I think they're going to start Spencer Dinwiddie um, at the point guard. I think they'll have bridges at the two. I think they'll have Johnson at the three, and I think they'll start Dorian Finney Smith at power forward. Of course, with Claxton at the five uh, Royce O'Neal, I think will kind of be like their sixth man. And I think in terms of fantasy, Finney Smith and O'Neal will kind of take turns having good games, bad games, depending on the health of these other guys. Um, I think those two could maybe be like waiver wire type guys. Um, I'll say the same thing about Dennis Smith Jr. and Lonnie Walker. I think it'll all, and Cam Thomas. I think um, it'll all depend on kind of like the health of like Spencer Dinwiddie and Bridges. But like we said, Bridges is super durable. Um, he like never misses games. And as long as Cam Johnson stays healthy, he has had some issues in terms of staying on the court, but if he can, you know, stay healthy, you know, I think those guys, that's those starting guys are going to get a ton of playing time. I think Finney Smith's the one guy that maybe plays minutes in like the twenties. And then, like I yeah. said, they'll use O'Neal a lot. What's the word on Ben Simmons these days? I was just, just going to get to him. Okay. I was just going to get to him before I mentioned Ben Simmons. I'm just going to quickly mention Darius Baisley. Um, they brought him in. He's a guy that I think 
could maybe get a little bit of minutes, but I think, again, it's going to depend on if there's any injuries or something like that. I think he's behind the rest of those guys. Ben Simmons, I purposely waited to mention him because honestly, we've talked about how, you know, certain players, we just kind of look at rosters and almost pretend that like they're not there. I think you said that about Zion. Correct. That's the way that I look at Ben Simmons. I just act as if he's not even there. I don't trust him one bit. I've heard and seen all the stuff about him working out and how he's in great shape and all that stuff. But you know what? We heard all that stuff last off season and the off season before that, and probably the one before that one too. So um, the weird thing is too, they're talking about him physically, 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 but we understand the, the bigger hurdle is the mental thing. So I, I I don't know how much he's working out his mind. (laughs) Like that's, that's what I'm more curious about. But yeah, I have no, I don't want to say that in a bad way that I have no faith in that, but, um, I wish him the best and that he recovers. Yeah. I don't want it to sound like it's a personal thing. You know, I wish him well, I hope that he can come back and play and contribute and, and really like earn that contract. You know, I'm sure he feels guilty about it, you know, and I'm sure he loves basketball. I'm sure he wants to play. Um, but yeah, like you said, that mental hurdle, he's got to get over that. Here's the other thing too. His, his fantasy game in terms of nine cat is brutal. I mean, he can't shoot, he can't shoot free throws. He doesn't shoot threes. You know, that's been well-documented. And uh, yeah, so even if he does play, um, he's kind of a liability, kind of a detriment to your team if you're doing nine cat. Now, if you're in a points league, um, that's a different story. But again, you don't want to take too much of a, of a gamble on him because he, he's he hasn't been on the court, you know, and you can't just assume that he is going to be back yet. We have to wait and see. So um, again, if you've got a, a, if you're doing a, a a free throw punt or something like that, sure. You could take him late, but um, he's not a guy that I would reach for. And he's not a guy that I would depend on just basically, Hey, take him late, hope for the best. If it doesn't work out, move on. Yeah. And other than that, I'm not touching him. Yeah, I completely agree. You got to stay away from that. Um, that's not worth anything unless it's your very last round pick. Maybe <laughs> that's maybe the that's only place I consider. Um, for me personally, up. that's just it. If he's there for my last pick, sure, I'll take yeah. him. I'll take yeah. him for the upside. Or you could take him and then shop him around a little bit. You know, shop him to a team that's punting and say, "Hey, did you forget about this guy? <laughs> you want him?" <laughs> yeah, maybe try to squeeze something. You know, in terms of value, try to for sure. Know. But, but yeah. otherwise, yeah, if it's last round, just see what happens. And if he's not playing or if he is playing, but he's sucking, you can just cut him and move on. Agreed completely. Um, Let's see. How are we doing on time? Yeah, yeah. speaking of moving on. Yeah. Well, we got three more teams left. I'm debating moving them on to next week and just continuing in one more week. Um. Whatever, let's try one more. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Let's, let's do- actually, let's speaking, I was I was going to switch to Chicago actually because we were talking about um guys <laughs> that need want to come back and love the game and that's where I go with uh Lonzo Ball there in Chicago. No, I, I, I agree. Of, Good call. Um I think that kind of intertwines together. I kind of put him in that not not even actually close to the Ben Simmons thing. He'd still be a last round kind of thing if 
you know, maybe if he's there, which he probably would be, but I don't even think I would take him then because I don't even know the timetable on this injury. We've seen the back and forth with the social media crap and whatnot. And he was like, oh, I'm standing on my leg. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, he came <laughs> out this week, though, and formally said he, he officially announced he will not be playing at all this season. Okay, so, that's good. Um, yeah, you but, can uh, definitely stay away from him in terms of rankings, pre-rankings. Um, you know, he's not even worth the last round flyer because he's not going to play. But yeah, no, it seems like he's working. We've seen some stuff in the news. I, again, I hope the somewhat the best for him, even though those balls are annoying as heck. Oh, that's a that's a drop. <laughs> Damn, sure. that's walked right into that one. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, let's uh, let's just say you want to save the next three for next week. Actually, just do Chicago, Toronto, Orlando. I should probably get back to my day job. <laughs> yeah, so we'll have if we do Chicago now, we'll have Toronto and Orlando for next week. Okay, let's wrap up Chicago and then yeah, sounds we'll good. Save the next two. All right, sounds good. So um, no Lonzo Ball. That means there's going to be more opportunities for Zach Levine, Demar Derozan. Uh, we've talked all about it. This team's pretty much running it back, same as last season. Um, you know they've got uh, they did bring in Javon Carter. And he has an opportunity to start at point guard, but they also brought back, like we said, um, the Sanmu, uh, Kobe White. They still have Alex Caruso. Um, so, yeah, it's a pretty crowded backcourt. In terms of fantasy, I'm not personally touching any of those guys. I've seen Carter going in drafts, and I know some analysts have said, you know, they like his upside and stuff. But even with Milwaukee last year, um, he was a guy that I personally liked to stream on the days when like Drew Holiday was out, but he was still up and down. He had some games where he was great and some where he kind of sucked. And now I think on the Bulls, you know, they're going to be, you know, pretty much running it back. And like we said before, they're one of those teams like they're they're kind of a borderline playoff team. So you got to figure they're not going to be having a lot of games where they're resting DeRozan or Levine or Nikola Vucevic, they're going to be playing these guys. And so that's where a lot of the usage is going to go. It's going to be running through those three guys again, just like last season. So I still really like Vooch. I still think he's, um, you know, a pretty top center that you can target in drafts. Um, he does tend to slide because he is a little bit more like kind of a boring name compared to some of the other like hype guys that we've mentioned. Um, he's kind of like Porzingis. I think he's going to slide behind some of those other, you know, the Victors and the Chets and the Kesslers and those guys. Um, six round type. Not six it, round. I mean, again, five. it depends on yeah. like how deep your league is, but I'm talking to standard 12 team leagues. I think Vooch is probably like a, around the same as Porzingis, probably like fourth round is when okay. you can kind of, you shouldn't be sliding beyond that. And again, if you look at your team and you're like, shoot, I've only got one center. He's a guy that you can comfortably take as your second center and you'll be just fine. You'll get, you'll, you'll know what you're getting with him, And he's pretty durable. You know, we talked about it. He finished, I think he was like fourth or fifth in terms of totals. Where did, this is off subject, but where did you have Valanchunas? Uh, so Valanchunas, um, we talked about how I was really high on him last year and he had a down year. Um, I still have him as a mid round guy. I've got him right around 75, you know, like okay. halfway through the draft, basically. He's just, you know, I think I don't trust Zion. And so I think, you know, Valanchunas is still going to have a pretty big role on that team. I, you know, I, I get that 
the NBA is going to more of like small ball and stuff like that. But I just don't think that they're going to completely bench Valanchunas. I think he'll still play. And, and he proved that like he still has the ability to do stuff when he gets the minutes and when he gets the, the touches and the opportunity. But, um, you know, we do need to kind of see what happens with that team and what happens with his role. But he's a guy that like, again, you know, if you're looking at your team and you're like, I need a center and it's getting late in the draft, Damn. just go ahead and take him. The other thing too, is like, if they decide that they're not really going to use them, some team's going to come calling and say, well, we'll take them. And any team that trades for him, they will use them. So, you know, he's getting a little bit older, but he's not that old. He can still play. He did finish the season pretty strong last, last year. And so I still like him as a mid round, mid to late round guy. Cool. I just, um, just hear I kind of some, somewhat not maybe just because the V at the beginning of the name, but <laughs> Valentunas uh-huh. and Vucevic, they kind of uh, mesh and melt together for me a little bit as far. Obviously, like you just said, Valentunas has other people in his way right now, whereas Vucevic doesn't. He's pretty much just. Yeah. So Vooch played every single game last year. He didn't miss a game and he finished fifth overall in terms of totals. Um, he played. Uh, 33 and a half minutes per game. He averaged almost 18 points, 11 yeah. boards, um, over three assists. So that's awesome out of your center spot yeah. and almost a steal and almost a block per game, uh, 52% from the field. So he's just a solid center. And he's a guy that, like I said, he's not like a real like hot name. He's not a quote unquote sexy name. So he tends to fall a little bit, but like, yeah, third, fourth round, if you need a center, like just take him, don't think twice about it, you know? And he's a guy that because of his stat set and, and because of his skill set, you can build around him pretty easily. So, um, no, he's not a big shot blocker and no, he's not one of those, like, you know, he's not going to get a ton of like, you know, he's, he's got great field goal percentage. He's still got, you know, great rebounds. So he's just not, He's, he doesn't block a lot of shots, but like you can get other guys. We talked all about all these other guys who block shots. So you can put other guys with him. And then between them, you've got, you know, plenty of production at that center spot. So, yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised you said three assists. I thought he'd be closer to like two a game. Dude, or so. it was almost four. So, four? I mean, yeah, okay. like he, he handles the ball a lot too. To yeah, it's a lot of usage. So uh, I think his role is going to stay the same. Um, DeRozan, Levine, I think they stay the same. As long as these guys don't shake things up with the trade, uh, and as long as nobody gets hurt, I think it's pretty much going to be the same way that it was last year. I think uh, Levine and DeRozan are both early to mid-round-ish kind of guys. Um, like I said, that point guard spot, I'm not personally messing with it. If somebody emerges, cool. You know, I think Caruso has shown in the past that like when he has a steady set of minutes and a role um, that he has fantasy value, um, but with all these guys there in the mix and healthy, presumably, um, I'm not going to touch them in drafts. Um, and then same thing goes for their power forward spot. Patrick Williams, he's had so much upside. You know, they took him early, you know, in the lottery. And so far they've, you know, they've tried to use him. They've tried to use him in the starting lineup. They've used him off the bench. He's just so inconsistent. And now they brought in Tory Craig. I think that might almost be kind of a 50, 50 split there. And um, so I don't know. I mean, if you want to take Williams with like a last round flyer pick, that's fine. But you know, we saw that last year and it really didn't amount to much. So um, I don't have too high of hopes there, but you know, we'll have to see. Obviously things can change if there's any kind of a trade or an injury, but 
Otherwise, I think this team kind of is what it is. Um, Andre Drummond came back, like we said. He's going to back up Vooch. But again, like they're only going to use him when they're going against bigger teams. Otherwise, you know, he'll take a back seat. They'll go small ball. They're going to play Vucevic a ton, like we said. But, you know, during the times when Vooch is out of the game, they won't necessarily go Drummond. They'll go small ball. They'll play Torrey Craig and Patrick Williams at the five, you know, and they'll go smaller. So uh, DeRozan and Levine, they can play multiple positions. So those guys are all going to play a ton. They're going to have a ton of usage. And it's just going to kind of be what it is, you know. Yeah, I kind of see Chicago as like team stream for me because there should be a lot of options to streaming in those other than those three top people, um, other two people that fit into the lineup day after Yeah, day, that's so. a good point. The schedule came out last week. The NBA schedule got officially released, and there are teams that play like five games during a week, you know, stuff like that. If Chicago's one of those teams, then yeah, absolutely. That's when you'll see um, opportunities to stream guys like Carter, Caruso, uh, possibly a Kobe white. And again, you know, if there's an injury or two that changes everything. Um, so some of those guys then at that point, aren't just streamed their pickups. Precisely. But that's All about right. it, man. All right. Time to go, Maryland. We are getting up against it here. I thought we, we talked gonna... too much again. Yeah, no, it was all good. That's what we do. Um, yeah, I thought we were going to fit that whole group in, even though we haven't fit five teams in one episode anyway before. So we, we tried to do something we haven't done before. Um, we'll move on next week with Toronto and Orlando and finish it off. Um, also, like we mentioned in the opening here uh, next week, um, we'll have our Fantasy 101 as well and just kind of break down. That should work basketball. out. So, yeah. So I think that should be totally fine. Um, uh, again, we thank everybody for listening to Menace Podman every week. Um you can find the new episodes every week here Thursday or Friday. We drop them out. Um, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on threads or X or Twitter. I, don't, I still don't know what to call it. I just want to call it Twitter. But mm-hmm. at Menace Podman. Um, and yeah, and we always encourage you to leave a review, leave us a message, um, and support our podcast if you like what you hear. And hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Miss Parliament.